Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always. And this evening I am joined by Danny Raza and Tom Nightingale as well. And we're going to break down Watford 3, Aston Villa 2, a frustrating um, opening day fixture for the villains. Um, to be honest, I don't really think too many people thought we would actually come away with a positive result for this one. Well, at least the people I spoke to. So I guess business as usual, traveling to Vicarage Road. But anyways, let's get over to the guys first. Danny, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well. I'm glad to have football back. Glad to enjoy the wonders of being a Villa fan. Uh, and of course, just, yeah, no, I am, you know, happy to be playing some fantasy league, happy to be seeing the memes, you know, Villa back to being unpredictable, Arsenal being Arsenal, you know, um, newly promoted sides doing their thing, you know, also dropping, dropping off one match on the, on the Acker, you know, going one match wrong, becoming you know, short of um, of, of a £9,000 winner. You know, it, it is what it is. This is it. This is the season. This is what happens. Did you actually come sh- one short today? Or was that just the No, example? yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, dude, I wouldn't even <laughs> show it up today. I actually feel bad for you. I feel like we should talk about that more than anything. But uh, No, it- no, that's the, that's the nature of these things, dude. That's the nature of these things. When, yeah. you, when, you, when you do a 9-1 to one or like you do an 8-1, to one, you know that, you know, you're, you're backing... <laughs> sort of eight horses now one of them isn't going to come through and then you say oh maybe i should have left this one off but you don't know which one's going to let you down do who you? let you down probabilities like gambling's wrong <laughs> who let me down i don't know actually Cole. i didn't i can tell you but you're gonna have to wait so and nobody really wants to do that okay well let's let's go to tom tom how's it going <laughs> Yeah, not too bad. Uh, not too bad at all, really. Like, uh, like Danny said, I mean, the prevailing feeling for me is just glad to have actual football back to watch. It's been a certainly feels like it's been a long old summer um, with uh, some some with various headlines uh, around Villa. But it's just it's great to have. It's great to be back. It's great to have fans back in the stadiums, man. Like, my God, we've missed that. Um, obviously. Things could have gone a little better today, but I'm, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna sit here and weep over it. I didn't expect, um, I didn't expect to get a positive result really from Vicarage Road. I have to say, I think we said a few weeks ago that uh, pretty much the hardest way to start a Premier League season, certainly in my opinion, is going away to a promoted side. Um, and so I was always feeling a little bit nervous about today. Really, um, I didn't quite expect the first half to be as bad as it was. Uh, but it's nice to see some improvement in the second half. And, you know, uh, to go all Paul Lambert for a second, we go again, don't we? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. And I feel like an absolute idiot predicting uh, a Villa 2-1 win on the preview pod. But I feel like that's what I'm here to do, be an absolute idiot with my predictions. And that's why I don't make predictions. And hence why I stopped betting last year, because I've probably lost too much money. 
um, after coming in for one clutch win. But anyways, uh, let's Guys, get... can I just yeah? Can I just confirm by the way? Yep. Birmingham City to let me down. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that, see that's your issue. You put any you put any hope, faith, or kind of expectation on that football club, and we all know what happens. So it's that's cool. your own fault. It's a cautionary tale for the future, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just because they had one win on the opening day in Sheffield United, now you think they're actually going to be decent. But oh well, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's why they're in the championship, and we are where we are. But anyways, um, of course, like I said before, Watford three, Aston Villa two, um, goals on the Watford end from Dennis Sar and uh, Hernandez. Uh, Villa goals from John McGinn and Danny Ings um, penalty, of course, in extra time. And it was a little too late. I think there was literally a minute and a little bit left. And yeah, to be honest, at the very, very end, it almost looked like we would have tied things up. But that's what happens when you're trailing from behind and trying to play catch up the whole time. But uh, nonetheless, and I I know you guys kind of touched on it briefly, but I do want to mention the whole fan kind of perspective of returning into stadiums just a little bit more. I mean, I know none of us were at the game today, but from your standpoint, Danny, just how good was it? Yeah, you know, I think you could see in the second half and Villa were sort of, you know, playing towards the fans. You could, you could see how much more they were up for it. I think as well, you could hear it at the start. Like, I know that the first half was pretty terrible by all intents and purposes, but there were periods of that time where, you know, you were hearing the Villa fans out singing um, the Watford fans, but it's not, even a, it's not even a fans versus fans thing. You know, Watford packed out the house. They were loud. They were cheering their team on. And, you know, you have to say that that home support really must have really must have spurred them on, uh, to be honest, because they looked really, really up for it today in front of their crowd. Um, the owners looked so smug as well in the stands. I don't know if you could see the faces and sort of the broadcast was showing all game. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, no, I think the fans being back is great, isn't it? It's, uh, it's what we like to see. Um, what we don't want to see, obviously, we need to we need to stress that there is a pandemic going on and as much as we can be happy about supporters being back you know it's not necessarily uh such a positive story all around the world and you never know what can happen but for now let's uh let's enjoy it yeah i mean it's just it's 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 great to be it's great to have fans back can't wait to see a packed out villa park next week and i think if we Diving in a little bit, I think another week will do us the world of good, I think, because it's fair to say that it's been an incredibly disrupted preseason, one of the most disrupted preseasons I can remember in a long time for Villa, really. Um, Friendly's being cancelled, you know, playing, uh, okay, Salernitana, thanks for stepping in, but uh, would have rather had the test of severe, I think, a week before the season starts. Um players you know Bailey join it's great to see flashes of Bailey I'm sure we'll get onto it but um, I think there's a lot to be excited about there but it's a shame that it took it's taken him so long to join up obviously we're missing Louise missing Watkins for me um, I think was a key factor today Uh, it's the lack of the pressing game from the front right that's why I thought that was absent today and that given that's the way that's the cornerstone of the way that we've played for the last 12, 18 months. And it's that putting that pressure on defenders from the very front, uh, even when you don't have the ball and sowing the seeds of doubts in defenders' minds. I didn't feel like there was any of that today, really. Um, But I think, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about the team selection, but nobody in their right mind, when we have a fully fit squad, nobody is picking Ashley Young playing left wing and Anwar Al-Ghazi picking right wing. No disrespect to either of those guys. 
but that's definitely not a first choice winger pairing, right? And I think once we settle a bit more, no need to panic because, okay, the first half was really poor, really poor start. But, um, you know, as we saw, it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything going forward or doesn't mean that much. Like I saw people last year after going four games, four wins in a row, people starting to suggest, to suggest that we, uh, we're going to be up there, thereabouts, Champions League places. I saw some suggestions we might even push for an outside tilt at the title after the first four games last season. Uh, it cuts both ways, right? Um, so disappointing defeat, but you just got to pick yourself up. And I think there's enough today in the second half, particularly, to have some serious optimism about this team. Yeah, um, let's get to the lineup. I mean, mean, we might as well just kind of get this ugly kind of situation out of the way. Um, If I just read it out quickly, of course, Martinez in goal, Cash, Konza, Mings, Target as the defenders, McGinn and Nakamba um, in central midfield, El Ghazi, Buendia and Young um, just in front of those two. And of course, Danny Ings up top. Um, I mean, the one thing we can all agree on, it's great to... Um, as kind of annoying and frustrating as it can be to kind of miss Ollie Watkins. It's great to say, okay, we have Danny Ings to lean on too. I think that's the one positive at least we can take out of today. And also he's played one preseason game for us and one Premier League game and he scored in both. So, I mean, hundred percent conversion so far, guys, we have to keep that up. But uh, anyways, Danny, I'll, I'll come to you. I know we've kind of touched on it each and we've even kind of give our annoyances a little bit more to it, but I mean, We've touched on Algaz, we've touched on Young as those wide um, wingers there. Is there anything else for this kind of lineup that you were a little frustrated at or thought needed to be changed? No, I think we played the, the right team apart from the fact that we literally said, who needs pace? Um, I think, and, and honestly, like to me, completely baffled at Algaz and Young's um, inclusion in those positions. Like we had, we had all preseason you know, playing Philogene Bidace, who performed better than El Ghazi and was probably one of our top performers on the wing. Didn't get a look in. Uh, we have two stronger right wingers than El Ghazi in Traore and Bailey, both on the bench. Okay, fine. Bailey's only so, sort of showed up with the team two days ago. But like, yeah, man, it's just a complete lack of pace. And then and then I was just kind of thinking with, with Ismail Asar running through Matt Target, like, did we even do our research before this game or did we just pick a team sort of like I don't know out of a hat I that's that that's what kind of worried me like what ex- what exactly were we expecting to go out and do today the most, the most frustrating thing for me I think about Saar is obviously like you're going to have identified him as Watford's main danger man that's fine that's good you know you'd expect that kind of preparation and then I think that part of the reason that Young starts left wing is obviously he has defensive some level of defensive pedigree that a lot of our wingers don't have. So my theory, when I saw the team, I was like, okay, the one, a key benefit today of Young playing left wing should in theory be that tar- Matt Target gets a lot of help against Watford's real danger man and speed merchant on the right. And then we go into it and how many times, how many times in the first 30 minutes were we just, absolutely sliced open by that down that right side there were times where we they Watford were running forward and that we had like we had two defenders on screen and that was our two center halves no fullbacks anywhere to be seen and so it's just uh, the, the, so the difficulty is is that I agree with you Danny like it looks like there's been no preparation for what to us I think seems a relatively obvious thing that Saar is Watford's real danger man and most of their attacks going to go down their right hand side I thought that the team was set up at least down the left to account for that. 
and yeah, we looked, you know, so, so susceptible down there, right? And so that's, I mean, that's a big disappointment for me. And then El Ghazi on the right. I'm sorry, like, I know we had this chat before, but like, I just, it, <laughs> we've watched him play three or four years. He doesn't, he's played, he plays on the wing. He's played on the wing for several years. He doesn't look like a winger to me. I don't, and uh, I, I, I quite like the lad, but I never, I don't think I've ever seen him beat a man. I don't, his crossing is not his forte. Doesn't really get to the byline very often. So I mean, at least on the left hand side, he has the thing. He has you know the El Ghazi thing of cutting inside and shooting. On the right, to me, El Ghazi is just an absolutely neutral threat. Like doesn't offer anything to be honest. I don't mean I don't want to be too critical of him because obviously he's come up good for us um, on several occasions. But we, you know, he is some way away from being the standard of first choice winger that we want. So I think I'm hoping for personally for Newcastle, I hope to see Bailey and Traore on the wings. Um, and I think just even if, even if you change nothing else about the team and you get those two in, even if Watkins is still not fit to play, that is a huge upgrade on what we saw today. I think. I just don't get what, what it is with Traore. Why he always seems to be the first guy that gets subbed off. Why he's almost got to work 10 times harder than anybody else to get in the team. I, fair enough. I understand El Ghazi's inclusion. He's, he gets goals, right? But you've got to look at everything together as 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 a product, man. Like you've got to look at how the front four is going to work together. So when you look at young Buendia and El Ghazi, and then you've got Danny Ings up there, who's a striker who needs feeding, like where exactly are you expecting the creativity to come from? Yeah, Buendia playing at number ten, and I, you know, I was thinking today, like. The way Wendia played, played a lot like, you know, you'd usually expect Jack Grealish to, you know, he was he was kind of coming short enough to collect the ball and he was trying to drive it through the defenders and everything, but they threw everybody on him. But when you, when, when Watford throw everything on Buendia and you've got a left winger who, who's basically, you know, his, his, um, his attributes are mainly defensive attributes. And then you've got a right winger who doesn't get assists then you've basically managed to neutralize the entire Villa, like, you know, uh, attacking midfield three. Yeah. It was, it was that easy. Shut down Buendia and then there's no other threat. So like, I don't understand why you, why you leave a guy like Traore on the bench when he seems to be the only guy who can actually beat a guy um, and, and actually take the game where the scruff is on next. The reason, the, the, the issue with, with the whole target and Matty, Matty Cash thing as well today, like, I know, I don't want to get, I don't want to waffle too hard. But the issue with that today was that, like, you know, you were talking about how they were being dragged out and how it seemed like Mings and Konza were back on their own. Perfectly fine, by the way, if when you're in position, possession in the opponent's half, you actually, like, make a chance out of it or you, or, you know, you, you, you play until the ball goes out of play. It's not acceptable if you've got your fullbacks up and El Ghazi manages to run himself into a defender and the ball gets lost or, you know, Nakamba or McGinn uh, get the ball, you know, during this lateral passing and, and, and manage to, you know, lose it to, uh, to, you know, so one of the Watford pressing forwards of, of which they had three almost today. Like that, that's the issue. If you're going to push the fullbacks up, do something with the ball, have possession with it. You know, whip it into the box if you want to, if, even if it's a lazy cross, but don't waste the possession to the point where it's that easy for Watford to counterattack. 
Yeah, massively. Like the, the one thing that I noticed more today than anything, and I mean, we've kind of went on about the fullbacks and the midfield especially, but the one thing I noticed was you had Target and Cash almost having to constantly overlap El Ghazi and Young to compensate for the lack of just pace and movement on the wings. And easily when you have that issue, well, look at their counterattacks. And like I said before in our little chat before we started recording, Ismail Asar is a very good player. But he's not messy. Like, I, I just, I, I don't understand how everyone has their off day. But to make them look that good on the counterattack that many times, I just thought it's it's just not our day. And I know there's this whole thing with going to Vicarage Road and how poor we are. But eventually, like, you have to show up. It doesn't matter if it's day one or the last day. It just, to me, there are so many people just there. But it just didn't seem like they were physically present, if that made sense. And of course, we can look at Nakamba as well. And I know, Danny, I know you love him. And I know we were chatting about him before. But for me, he just, I don't know. I still think we're a midfielder short. I know people say we need someone with a bit more height, maybe a little bit more physical. That's easier said than done. They actually need to be good as well, of course. And they can cost a lot of money when they're that good as well. But Danny, I'll come to you. I mean, especially with Nakamba, it's... Do you think he's the one to hold that spot or is it okay? Well, let's wait till Dougie Louise comes back. Yeah, look, I mean, I think there was a lot of there was a lot of sort of chat about Nakamba and how he, and I think a lot of people weren't quite happy with his performance. To me, it seemed like he was having to do a lot of work on his own. I think John McGinn for me looked very uncomfortable in the first half in the position he was playing in. Just Watford were pressing so hard and it was very clear that, that two midfielders wasn't enough. That's why we needed Ramsey on in the second half. But for me, I think Nakamba had a decent game, honestly. like I've, I've seen enough from him to kind of know that we probably need a guy like him starting for us. I genuinely wonder, and I know John McGinn got the goal today and people are going to think I'm crazy. I genuinely wonder whether if we're going to play this 4-2-3-1 situation, whether we play with Nakamba and Dougie Louise. If that's what you want to do, if you want to, if you want to let Buendia play high up the pitch. Well, I mean, you could play McGinn at number 10 and you could play Buendia out on the right and you could play, you know, um, you know, take your pick, uh, sort of like, yeah, Bailey probably, or, you know, if you, or if you want to play Traore and you, you, all of these things. But if you want to play with that formation, you want to play with a number 10, maybe we need Dougie in Nakamba, dude. Like for me, I just didn't think John McGinn was putting enough tackles in in midfield today. Uh, I'm not having a go at him. I just don't think he's, I don't. I just don't think he's a he's a midfielder in a two. He he plays well in a three. That's how he does well for Scotland as well. Um, but yeah, I just for me the the issue wasn't Nakamba himself. The issue was that we were just like so far pushed back. Where like if they had an outlet, if they were able to put it out to a Bailey or put it out to a Triore who was actually going to do something with the ball, yeah, uh, might have been a different story. But for me, Nakamba still starts next game. Or maybe you maybe you bring in Ramsey. I don't know. Depends on the system. But yeah, we're playing a three, Nakamba. Yeah. Well, well, you know, let's get to that. Of course, of course, Jacob Ramsey came on at raid after well, the start of the second half. Of course, and Maddie Target was dismissed, um, which is more than fair enough. So Ashley Young, of course, moved to left back. Um, Ramsey was more so in the middle. Of course, Bundia went out to the right. Um, it seemed to improve some things a little bit, and then of course it was three nil. And then from there, of course, Buendia was replaced by Traore. Um, and from there on there fourth, a little bit of a comeback, but again, too little too late. And I can't remember if it was you, Danny, or someone else said it in the chat. It's just very reminiscent of last season where we show up for one half. And 
I don't know. And I, I don't want to be too negative because this is the first game of the season. There's it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but I just, I hope this isn't a, a Dean Smith thing where like, you know what I mean? It's just, there's just this mentality where like we show up for like 50, 60 minutes, you need to be there for the full 90. And like, I understand last season was great fun. We had a lot of success and a lot of people are thinking we're going to get 55 plus 60 points, whatever. But if we're going to play like that all season, and especially without you know who, and I refuse to say his name anymore, he's going to become Voldemort to me at this point. A lot of people instantly are going to look at that and say, how are we going to accomplish it if we're going to go 2-0, 3-0 down? We can't always be playing behind. Dude, but like Watkins is injured today. Yeah. Like Watkins wasn't available. Bailey was on the bench. Traore was on the bench. I mean, that's that's the one thing we can turn around and go, maybe Traore could have played. But like, you got to remember that. We're not a fully fit team. No, you know, Man, but, Man, Man City, for example, they can lo- they can lose Foden and they can lose Sterling and then they can bring in Grealish and Bernardo Silva to like fill in. Do you know what I mean? What well, with with us, as soon as you, even even with the attacking investment we've made, suddenly you're down to Al Ghazi and Ashley Young on the left wing, and it's like, you know, that wasn't ideal. You know, yeah. that really wasn't ideal. But like, I get you. Like, why why was it that easy to get walked over in the first half? And I can't have an answer for you there. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be that they just think it's acceptable for whatever yeah. reason they were well, such a low intensity. It's newly promoted Watford. I know they were here. Well, they literally bounced straight back. And I know they had a lot of turnover um, in the summer. And I was speaking to uh, the Watford fan earlier in the week, Mike. And even he wasn't really too kind of sure how their season would go. And how their kind of management staff was. I mean, everyone kind of, especially at the start of the season, you have expectations a little bit. You're very hopeful. You never know what's going to happen. But like even that lineup, I know Ashley Young's 36. I know Agazi can be inconsistent. He's playing on the wrong wing. But like surely you would have, in my mind, if you're playing with that set of players, kind of tinkered it a little bit more to suit them. But I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, again, we're fitting kind of square pegs and round holes and it just wasn't working. But like Danny said, we're missing Watkins. Um, Traore's just coming back from an, a pretty decent injury, of course. So that was limited. Leon Bailey only, or Le- I'm, yeah, I almost said Leon. I've got to really stop saying that. Christian Prislow has screwed me forever. But, anyways, um, it, it's a tricky one for me because you have all these and it's great to have excuses. But again, if this happens against Newcastle, and I don't want to become a Debbie Downer in that way because I feel like I'm just being straight up negative. At what point do we say, okay, well, it's going to take time to gel. And Tom, I'll let you hop in here because I know you're chomping at the bit. I mean, I wouldn't. I just, I'm not too concerned personally, to be honest. I know that today, I was always expecting today to be a tough game. I did think, I did, to be honest, think that we were going to lose today. Um, And it's the newly promoted effect, but it's also just our preseason. Like, just don't don't underrate the negative impact that having a preseason like ours has. on the players, on the coaching staff, on because it's a seminal, such a seminal season for us that we've had this plan A for I don't know how long has it been now three years at least the last three years where you get the ball and you look for you look for Grealish before you look for anybody else and you get the ball into him and you let him do the work and you get players into position while he's you know dancing through and that sort of stuff. Whereas now, okay, we've got a, we've got heaps of attacking talent when everybody comes back. The Newcastle game is a completely different kettle of fish for me because you would really hope Watkins is going to be back because he sounded like he was relatively touch and go for today. So you'd think with a full week, 
he'll be back. Bailey, to me, from what we saw today, looks like he could start if Smith wants to put that faith in him for next. If we week. have any interest, if we have any interest, Tom, in actually doing well this season and actually winning points at Newcastle, Bailey has to start. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I think as well. And then it's it's so I mean that's a different a whole different game altogether. And I wouldn't worry too much about the slow start. I just think a combination of factors today came together to make the result was pretty much what a lot of us were expecting, I think, but there's the, the first half performance certainly was, was the big disappointment, but it's, it's nothing to me that can't be rectified. I have to say. And I think there are a lot of uh, mitigating factors that we need to take into account. The, 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 the one thing I would say is it's going to be interesting. Um, and we haven't talked this much about, about, about this so far. I don't think, but when, when Watkins, when Watkins comes back, if we're in a position where we can start Bailey Watkins, Ings and Buendia, then do you go with those four and trust that we will retain the ball better in going forward in the attacking third? That winger will have wingers that have more, you know, more in, more incisive play in possession, and therefore the turnovers get reduced. And then, so do you rely on McGinn and Nakamba again as the two in midfield? and hope that the greater quality around them out wide and up front makes up for maybe some shortcomings from their end today? Or do you look at switching up the midfield, give Ramsey that start? Maybe I don't know where we're at with Louise now. How much longer is Louise on break? Oh, dude, like he posted a pic. I think he was like, he's on the beach right now, isn't he? So fans were having a go at him because he like tweeted, like saying like, oh yeah, you know, it's just the first game, whatever. It's all good. Right. Like, and some fans are like, why are you still, you know, on the beach when Richarlison is scoring goals for Everton? Oh, <laughs> First of all, right, you must <laughs> know the situation. The guy has just won an Olympic gold medal. It's a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit unreasonable to expect him to be back and, and firing for Villa straight away. Um, the Louis situation is a weird one, but we do have... Midf- Here's the thing. Here's the thing with, with the midfield and, and the selection issues, right? We can't bring in another midfielder right now. I just, I just don't see it, man. Because like you've got Nakamba, you've got McGinn, you've got Louise, then you've got Howrahan because he's still on our books, and you've got Sanson, and you've got Ramsey. So like, where it's just not gonna happen, man. At 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 the moment. But I, I, I get what you're saying. If, if we have all that attacking talent, then you basically play who can, you know, you've got to play who's who's on form. That's it. That's the way That's the way to do it. You keep things in the stud. We got him off the mark today. Good. Um, Watkins, if we're intending to play him behind, I'd probably say, look, you know, I'm not saying that Buendia had a bad game, but I'd probably play Watkins and, Buendia, Watkins and Ings if, you know, if we really want to push him back in there. Maybe then Buendia starts on the right, or maybe we start Buendia on the left and Traore on the right. They, I suppose then it gets difficult with Bailey, doesn't it? Um, God, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a rough one. That's the thing, right? It's like with uh, we've all been saying, and quite rightly so, that it's great that uh, you know Grealish left. We brought in this attacking trio of players. There's no doubt that now the players that we have um, make for a very fluid attacking line. And there's lots of options in there. We can spread the burden around of the attacking play, but it doesn't half throw up the conundrum of how you fit them all together, right? It's, these, are, these are big, big changes that we're having to navigate as a club and as a team right now. And I think part of the, part of the 
uh, I suppose, disappointment for me is in a way like, okay, we when the fixtures came out, Watford away, tough one to start, Newcastle at home, Brentford. Those are three fixtures that obviously on paper I saw, I saw a lot of fans going straight in saying, well, there's seven to nine points straight away. And I was like, oh, hold, hold on a second. It's and not the problem, it and it's not how it works. And the problem is, is that was before, obviously when the fixtures came out, we didn't know how the preseason was going to pan out. We've had an incredibly yeah. disrupted preseason. So the unfortunately, these are the games where you're trying out these systems. Okay, like we had to try out plan maybe C today because of Watkins being out and Bailey that better not be being ready to start. And that Let's sort of be stuff. honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, is that we're, we're, we're feeling our way now and we're finding, yeah. we're trying to find these options, but that we're, at, we're doing it while we're playing games that on paper you want to be picking up points from. And it's, it's that really difficult balance. Um, I agree. I, 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 one thing I was, I was going to mention, I agree as well is, getting Ings off the mark is huge. It reminded me that penalty and injury time reminded me last season, that crazy, crazy game at Villa Park when we lost 4-3 to Southampton and we were what, 4-1 down um, in, I think going into injury time. Uh, Grealish scored from outside the box. Watkins scored a penalty and I think at that point Watkins was on something like a 9 or 10 game run without yeah, scoring. Yeah, 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 yeah. And big, even yeah, yeah. we got the penalty and Watkins was taking it and even though we were plainly still going to lose the game, I was very, very nervous for that penalty uh, and you know I, I wanted nothing more than Watkins to score that penalty and I felt the same today with Ings when we got that because it's not about getting a result it's like you know if Ings and as soon as I realized Ings was going to take it it's like if Ings misses this then suddenly that's that's a real monkey to get off his back from the first game but if he scores this penalty then strikers are all about confidence right and and Ings Today, I don't. Again, I don't think he. It's difficult to pinpoint individual performances because today was a bit of a wild card game for me uh, with all the all the team rotation issues and you know everything. But I didn't think Ings played badly. But we need to find a way to get him into the game a bit more and use either him as an attacking focal point or more likely, I think, the duo of him and Watkins as a, a as a sort of double attacking focal point. And it's just it's going to take some time to work out, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's time some fans probably think we don't have. Apparently, we're already out of time in some people's minds. But anyways, guys, let's get over to our three-word Twitter reviews. Of course, we're getting back into this, and thankfully, I remembered to tweet it out after the game because, to be honest, I completely forgot that was even a thing. It's been a crazy few days. But anyways, of course, if you want to tweet in the future, it's at 7500 to Holt, um, or at 7500 to Holt, I should say. Of course, I'll just read it about five or six right now. Uh, we'll start with uh, Marvin saying, um, resign Jack 110 million. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Sorry, Marvin. Uh, Techie Monkeys. I believe you read that one out, man. <laughs> Wait, can I, I, can, I just make a, can I just make a quick comment on, on that thing, right? Yes. Quickly, quickly, right? Before anyone starts flipping using Jack Greedish as an excuse. Jack Grealish, if he'd have played with Buendia did today in that number 10 role, exactly the same thing would have been would have happened to him. He would have been marked out the game and he wouldn't have been effective at all. So let me just put that out there. Jack Grealish doesn't do shit to that team today. <laughs> Preach. Preach, brother. Uh, Andy Lang saying frustrating as hell. Uh, Mark Field, where was Buendia? Gary Weege saying need to bond. Uh, Torpedo, well, that's shit. Uh, Mr. P saying time to gel and I'll read out I think three more let's do it uh, Richard Castleton will do better um, Dougie J Villain saying James Ward Prowse um, apparently that's his um, 
solving solution for everything. And um, let's finish with Patty McCarthy, Bailey's a baller. And I think that's one thing we all kind of saw as soon as he came on, he kind of gave a little bit of spark and we've already mentioned that. So I won't really go on about it too much, but uh, Danny, I'll throw you under the bus here. Who was your man of the match? If there was one. Uh, my man of the match. It's an interest. I think I, whew, hard one, you know, I'd probably go for probably, I want to say Bailey for when he came on, but I think I'll probably, oh God, it's not, I can't really go for him. I reckon Danny Ings, you know, I still think I still think that he looked good. He was he was having to work work by himself today. He put away that penalty. You know, there, there would have been a lot of pressure on him um, at the end of the game, and he stepped up and he took it. And yeah, I'll probably go for him. Oh, it's a hard one. It really, is a hard one. There's three guys who can get it for me. It's Ings. No, there's four guys who can get it for me. Can I change my mind? Can I change my mind? I you know, can do I, whatever I you want. Right. I, I didn't really think about this beforehand. I'm going to give it to Jacob Ramsey because we looked an incredibly different team once he came on. He was the guy that changed everything. He was the guy that came on and actually, and actually, to be honest, there were so many fans complaining about the fact that Jacob Ramsey was coming on as well. Um, and yeah, I thought he was getting himself about. He's a complete midfielder. This is why I don't think we need Connor Howrahan because Jacob Ramsey is Connor Howrahan plus, plus 10. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, got himself about, made some tackles, made himself a nuisance, also was was a good attacking threat. And uh I think when he first came onto the pitch, was he seemed to, you know, create opportunities that no one was creating in the first half. So I'm gonna go with him. Fair enough. The one thing I will say quickly before we get over to Tom too is in my mind, and I may maybe this is a small sample size, because of course Ramsey hasn't played a crazy amount of games, especially at Premier League level. If you want to keep up ball retention, he's one of those players to do it. The amount of times that he would be double marked and get out of it and keep going was ridiculous or kind of creating nothing or something out of nothing, I should say. But anyways, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, Tom, who was your man of the match? I mean, I was probably going to have to say I was going to Ramsey was going to be my pick as well, um, because I just he's got that. What I like about him, uh, and I mean, we saw this a bit last season, but I mean, having seen him play a little bit in preseason and today he did it quite a lot as well. He's got that ability that not many, McGinn does it sometimes with the old, you know, stick the arse in and then shuffle forwards as he likes to do. Um, but Ramsey has that ability that a lot of our midfielders don't, I think, to sort of wriggle out of tight spaces and keep things ticking over. And I, because that for me is a key issue. With our midfield again, I'm not going to get too much into it, but like I didn't think McGinn or Nakamba played particularly badly today. I thought we were, I think our midfield was hung out to dry a little bit by uh, how things were going out wide. Um, so I don't think they played badly, but there's just not, I'm not sure there's the right balance of ball winning, ball winning ability and mobility going forward. Uh, in that as a midfield too. I think Louise helps with that because, you know, he sort of glides across the pitch in a way that uh, it's fair to say neither McGinn or Nakamba really do. But Ramsey has that as well. He has that ability to sort of glide out of transition, receiving the ball in tight spaces, wriggle free, keep going on the attack. And when we've got, if we can get into a position where we do have Bailey, uh, whether it's Bailey and Buendia play wide, whether it's Bailey... Triore, Buendia in the number 10 role and things get a bit more settled. I think Ramsey, whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench, I think he will start in rotation a fair amount this season. Um, but I think he can be a real asset in preventing the kind of turnovers in midfield that we saw all, all too much today. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go Leon Bailey or Leon, however you want to pronounce it. Um, 
I think for me, when I kind of look at him in particular, and the one thing I did enjoy, to be honest, was him and Triori on other sides. And there was, or an opposite sides, I should say. The one thing I did like was they were both stuck on the right at one point, and they constantly kept kind of overlapping each other. And I think that kind of was a few minutes before the penalty might have happened, to be honest. I can't remember exactly. Um, it does show the creativity we have as well. I mean, to really, to come on with barely kind of any... Um, really practice time with teammates to really kind of get in there and get your head stuck into new surroundings, a new league to get an assist on your debut in the premier league. And then to kind of cause a little bit of havoc as well. I mean, like I think Danny said earlier, he has to play if we want to have success. Um, It's clear to see that he's absolute kind of next level and we need players like that. And uh, hopefully the other things will come uh, but guys one more thing before we kind of get on to our uh, our little game we're going to bring it bring back i should say uh the villa version of who am i um i hope these are actually good because you know what i just came up with them about five seconds uh, before we started recording so there's my preparation but the one thing i want to discuss here quickly and either you guys can kind of kick this off do you think our transfer business is done this summer mm, like i said there needs to be outgoings there needs to be outgoings if there's going to be signings, really. Um, I'd like to think that there is another midfielder coming in, but um, there's just too much there at the moment. That being said, you know, Smith did say in his presser, didn't he? I, you know, I'm, I'm quite satisfied with the squad I've got. He did also say, but he did also kind of like, I don't know. He, he did smile when when asked about James Ward-Prowse. Now, I watched, I, I watched a little bit of Countwell today. Countwell looks good. Maybe, you know, having watched today, maybe we do need another number 10. Maybe we do need like a proper number 10. Um, and maybe we need Buendia out, out there on the right-hand side. So I'd imagine having watched that display, Dean Smith will probably be looking and thinking, yeah, there's, there's, there's possibly going to need to be one more. Fair enough. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. The, the thing about Smith in the interview and everything is uh, if there's one thing we've learned this window, it's that, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors around right in these uh in these windows but i i mean i don't know i, I agree like i would i've been saying for a while i'd like to bring another midfielder in and it does it does it sounds a bit ridiculous because like danny went through the midfield options what like five ten minutes ago and it is we're in terms of pure numbers we're pretty stacked in most positions now which is a nice position to be in you know considering how short we were left sometimes last season for me it's not even so much um that we need to add another another player in the midfield. It's just it's it's settling on a system that is going to work. I think the thing that we've got to do now is the back four picks itself. The 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 in attack, Smith and the coaching staff need to know what the ideal plan A is going to be in attack. Obviously, you're not necessarily going to play the same attack in every game. Different games call for different situations. But like, if the plan A is you know for Watkins and Ings to play as a two and maybe one of them, maybe Ings drops slightly deeper and then to have Bailey and Buendia on the wings, say that's the plan in attack. You need to, you need to really decide on which midfield two is going to be the best two um, to prevent the kind of turnovers in midfield and to facilitate that transition from defence to attack. I don't necessarily think it's that we are missing a player of a certain calibre or of a certain ilk. I think the issue really is just that we are, I, I just I have concerns that it's going to take us until 
you know, October sort of time to really settle and find our feet this season. That's not me. That's not a knee jerk reaction to today's defeat whatsoever. I think it's plain to see that we are behind where we would like to be in terms of preparation because of the way that the preseason has gone. Um, and so now it's how do you arrest the slide before the slide really begins, right? Um, so, I mean, I guess... Doing... Go on. Sorry, Tom. No, you carry on. No, I was just going to say, I guess that doesn't really answer your question in any way, does it, Cole? But there you go. I was going to say, is anyone else kind of, like, frustrated at sort of... Like, I don't know. The clock could at least lie and tell us that they're prepared. Like, it doesn't really feel like... Like, the, the, like Richard O'Kelly just kind of... We don't know what happened with him. You know, we don't know why exactly he's, 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 he's gone, but he, he's gone as of this week. John Terry left earlier. I know, I know we've got Austin McPhee in for the set pieces. For what it's worth, I thought our set pieces looked a lot better today. But, like, what is happening? Like, what is happening with the coaching setup? Why did it feel like nobody had a clue what was happening with Jack Grealish? And why was the club so confident that nobody was going to bid 100 million when clearly there are clubs like Manchester City out there? And oh, clearly, you know, the papers knew that they were going to be putting a bid in for him. Like, I, what they could at least, if, if the club just turned around and told us, yeah, we knew this was going to happen, don't worry about it, we've got a plan, then that's cool. But like, I think that it, it kind of gives this mirage of unpreparation. The thing is, there's things which are out of our control. Douglas Louise was away with the Olympics. Bailey did, we did have to wait for him because of the 10 days of isolation. But like, this total lack of preseason, I don't know, man. I wouldn't have minded so much if we started today with some of those young players, by the way, that played. You know, that was then then it would feel like it was a, you know, a, something we did on purpose. You know, I was I was wondering if we'd see uh, JPB on the wing, and I mean, it's hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But I mean, I would rather have seen. You know, I don't think I'm probably going to be alone in saying I'd rather have seen him out there than El Ghazi, having seen how starting El Ghazi at right wing went today. But it's it's easy you know, it's easy to look back and say that sort of stuff, isn't it? I mean, for for me, I think the main factor that I would say is like when we're talking about not getting too negative and Newcastle's a whole new game or whatever, and they're easy, they're cliches that roll off the tongue easily, but it's just true. It's so true, particularly the situation we're in at the moment. And I think the lack of preparation in preseason can't be overlooked. And also for me, like if we had Watkins today and we have Watkins in that eleven, that game. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know how the result. I don't know what about the result, but the way that the game goes and the flow of the game is a lot different if we have Watkins in that side today, because it's the pressing. You know, you, I mean, you guys know. I like. I I love Ollie Watkins. I think he's an incredible asset to Villa as a team, and it's the the versatility he brings. But it's the pressing from the front, man. Like, I, I, if I don't want to see. I know that Grealish was sort of part of that, but like, I don't want to see us changing that pressing from the front start, but it is hard to recapture that without Watkins. And it's particularly hard to recapture that when you're moving as a young and El Ghazi, right? Yeah. Well, see, like, that's the thing though. Like that's, I think what we we're missing today and I don't really want to dive too much more into it, but it was so clear that Ings kind of needed a Watkins to just kind of free him up. And I, I think that would have happened today if we would have had both, to be honest, because not only can Watkins finish, he's great on just holding the ball, kind of get it being physical. We've seen him have a few um, headed goals as well, so we know if we have to cross it and he's there as well. And his passing's really good as well as a striker. He's kind of an overall kind of hybrid on what he really does. So hopefully he comes back really soon, to be honest, because if, 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 that's, a, if that's against Newcastle, to be honest that's going to be a very boring game. And I don't know if we can get any more boring than the last time that draw last year against Newcastle. 
that was probably the most boring game I've ever seen in my life, to be honest, even though we scored the biggest fluke, and so did they. But nonetheless. Personally, if, if Watkins isn't around, I'd quite like to see Traore working off things. That's a good show. Like, like he, he probably has the strength to maybe kind of beat players where Buendia doesn't. Like, that's not that's not really Buendia's strength. Like, Buendia's strength is to, like, find the right pass and that kind of thing. And I don't know. If, if, if you know, maybe had Traore off things today, I could have seen that. I could have yeah, seen that working. Yeah, I can see that as well. And you're right about Buendia because, like, Buendia, I mean, we saw it in preseason a little bit. And I think any people, anyone who's watched him with Norwich a little bit can see that it, he, it, you're right. The vision is his main attribute for me. or certainly one of his main attributes. And there was just no, that for, for several reasons, there was no opportunity for us to see that today. Like a Brendia was getting swore, like they're around him like flies anytime he got the ball. Um, and also just he didn't really have anybody. Okay, you know, Ings is good at making runs and you know it's Ings is a great center forward, but like what you want is wing what you want when you get Brendia on the ball in a relatively deep sort of number 10 position is you want three potential options at any point, right? You want two wingers who can get in behind or come short, and you want a center forward who can run central wide you know do the whole lot and today he you know we had the ball being played into Ings quite a lot with Ings is back to goal and that's fine if you've then got players around him who can unlock defenses and get through or whatever but there, there was just there was there was none of that today really and I like I, that's not yeah even Ramsey and like it's not me being it's not it's not being me being critical it's just the situation today was not what any of us would have chosen right going into the opening day yeah, and again, like I've said probably at the start, it's Watford. I don't know why they're our bogey, one of our bogey teams, but I just hate playing them, to be honest, because whether it's scoring in the last minute to win it and stressing yourself out for 90 minutes or something like today, it just, for some reason, it's just always them. But anyways, guys, let's let's have some fun now. Let's, let's be positive. I'll stop being negative, and uh, let's get over to the Villa version of Who Am I?, so we'll do three rounds today. So it'll be best of three, of course. I feel like two of these are probably going to be really easy. And of course, if you kind of haven't uh, listened to us before or you're new to the podcast, of course, basically, I just kind of look through and read out a player's uh, playing history. Um, basically, I'll give a hint every round. The guy, these guys per round have one guess. And we just kind of narrow it down from there. It becomes more obvious throughout time. To be honest, I feel like that's the best I've ever explained it. So maybe I'll just kind of replay this part every single time so i don't screw up week on week um so let's go with the first one um i was born in natwich england on april 1st 1990 making him 31 years of age now what about Nantwich, tom yeah that's what, that's what i was gonna ask <laughs> don't ask me i'm canadian <laughs> so that, that was useless then <laughs> that, that, you have to go from obscure to obvious so Anybody. <laughs> this is going to be a lot to edit. Right. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I've, I've got it. No, 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 no. It's not, no, it's not you, a lot to you edit. Can't I've just got to figure at, out where Nantwich is on a map. I, okay. I, I see your eyes looking around here, Danny. Tom, do you have a guess? No, I think I knew where it is. Yeah, it's where I, yeah, it's, it's basically where I knew it, where I thought it was. No, I don't think I have a guess at this point. <laughs> okay. So if you're skipping, Danny, do you want to guess? And do not say who I think you're going to say. Is it Kieran Richardson? <laughs> No, it's not. I thought you were going to say, um, oh, who's the guy that we kept? Lo- oh, Simon Dawkins. That was last year's joke. <laughs> no, oh. no, he's not from Nantwich. He's not from <laughs> Nantwich, boy, to me. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Um, my youth career began and ended uh, with Crew Alexandra in 2008. <laughs> well, it ended it. in 2008, I should say, with Crew <laughs> Alexandra. I know who it is. 
Tom? Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> why is it that you know that there are crew cruise academy has produced hundreds of hundreds of good players and then as soon as you're asked you can't think of a single one danny knows three things in life villa some football other some other stuff about football and wwe so that's (laughs) so that's why danny just take just guess we'll just take us out of our misery here uh this man does all the little things right he (laughs) does all the simple things uh, nothing special about him, but it will give you a six out of ten performance every time. The man that you are talking about is the legendary Ashley Westwood. <laughs> ding, ding, ding! You are correct. You, t- to be honest, I was waiting for Tom to kind of pipe in and say, just from you saying he's got a six out of ten, maybe that would have just helped. To be honest, maybe, maybe my least favorite midfielder of the Paul Lambert era, by the way. Yeah, I mean, let's not really talk about that era. Uh, <laughs> cause I feel like we've done that too much. Let's get over to the next one. Wow. These are really easy. You can tell I did these at the last minute. Um, he, or I, I guess I'll, I'll start from I, I'll pretend to be this person. I was born in Northampton, England, um, on February 2nd, 1995, making me 26 years old. If you have that from that, I swear. I don't have it. Okay. <laughs> is anyone, is anyone guessing this round? Yeah. I mean, hang on. Northampton He's from Northampton. Yeah. 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 Do you have to look that up on the map? No, I know in Northampton. Okay, just worry. checking. I'm trying to think of who might have come from sort of the Midlands, sort of the Midlands, but isn't actually from the Midlands. Do you have a guess, Tom? No, I don't actually. This is not this is not good for my. <laughs> I thought I'd be all right in this game, but <laughs> Tom's <laughs> gonna play. We need to bring this back, guys. Yeah, <laughs> okay, twenty six, maybe. Could it be Aaron Chibola? Uh No, it is not. But good show. Um, no clue okay. what he's doing nowadays, but hope he's doing well um let's see here um youth career uh began it with villa and it ended in 2013 ah interesting mm-hmm. will we get past the second question for this one find out for more so you would have left villa that's a youth 18. career at least yeah yeah so you would, would have been 18 when you left villa technically he could still be there but he could have also left that's just his youth career oh i hear what you're saying yeah I'm interested to hear why you said why you said that. Like that's 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 quite a <laughs> Tom's quite, googling quite something. Little, I think <laughs> quite a little conquer you've thrown out there. Cool. Yeah, fair enough. Tom, do you have a guess? It's awful, man. My brain is just uh, my brain is not my friend at the moment. No, I don't know. Um, Still a youth team player. Just throw one out there. You guys are gonna feel so dumb after. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's 26. Yeah. So he's still playing. Obviously. And his youth career started at Villa. And ended at Villa. And ended at Villa. He's a youth career one-man club. Yeah, but he could still be here, remember? Oh, I don't know, guys. Wait, 26? Yes. Yes, Danny. <laughs> For the third time. <laughs> is it Jack Grealish? No, it is not. Well, I don't think no, Jack Grealish is from Northampton, so... <laughs> oh, God, he's been mentioned Point, more I don't times know. than... I heard 26. I heard 26. Yeah, Grealish. Grealish was the only 26-year-old that I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go to his senior career. Uh, my senior career uh, began in 2013 and lasted until 2016 with Aston Villa, where I made four appearances. Um, in between that time, I had loan spells at Preston North End, Bristol City, and Preston North End again. Preston, Bristol, and Preston. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, this sounds familiar. 
It's terrible. The only the only Villa player I can think, former Villa youth player I can think of at Preston was um, Daniel Johnson. Is it is it Gary Gardner? Nope. Tom, do you have a guess? Oh, um, no. Okay. <laughs> Jordan <Fair> Lydon. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, uh, my career at Preston North End continued as I made a pa- permanent move in 2016. Oh, no, um, until I left in 2019 for Sheffield United. <laughs> it's Callum Robinson. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is Callum man. Robinson. Callum Robinson. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't think that one would take too long. To be fair, he's actually had a pretty, I mean, decent championship career from the looks of it. Well, so. he's been a Premier League player as well, Cole. Let's not forget consistently. So, Yeah, just very inconsistent in the Premier League. But nonetheless... Um, you know what? Danny's already won this because, of course, he has the two guesses. <laughs> but nonetheless, let's play the third one. Of course, let's see if Tom can redeem himself. Um, I feel like you guys might enjoy this one. Um, I haven't heard this man's name in a little while, even though um, it should be a little bit more obvious to me. So I was born in Dublin, Ireland on July 9th, 1990, making me 31 years old now. Okay. He's 31. Yes. <laughs> I like how you Wait, reconfirm the age like five was- times. So say that again. Where was he born? Dublin. Dublin. Yes. <laughs> Thomas is shaking his head. <laughs> Come on, have a guess. Um, How many Irish players? I mean, we've actually had quite a few, so that's stupid of me to say. Conor Harahan's not that old, is he? I can't tell you. Is it Conor Harahan? No. I, sh- I shouldn't have said anything until Tom guessed, but anyways, no. Oh, basically, it's a free oh, bloody hell. I don't know. Ender Stevens. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, oh he's got it. Hello. <laughs> Bonjour. You can tell by my tone of voice that I did not expect that to be right. Yeah, so the, of course, um, basically the next clues I was going to say, uh, my youth career began and ended um, with Cherry Orchard, ended in 2006. I then moved on um, to in my senior career to UCD in 2009 before moving to St. Patrick's Athletic, then Shamrock Rovers before making my three-year stay at Aston Villa, where I had loans at Notts County, Doncaster Rovers, Northampton Town, Doncaster Rovers again before. Then I moved to Pompey for two seasons or three seasons, I think it is. Um, and yeah, now he's at Sheffield United. So that is Enda Stevens. Slight, um, re- slight redemption for me there. Hopefully I'm going to be like a, uh, I'm going to be the Emmy Buendia of this quiz and grow into my role as we go week by week. Yeah, fair enough. To be honest, at a 2-1 scoreline, I don't know if I would take that more than a 3-2 loss, to be honest. At least it'd be one less goal conceded. But nonetheless, it's uh, you know, it's a redemption story. Tom, or, yeah, Tom, I was going to call you Danny. I don't know why. But the, the, the same pattern as Villa today. I let Danny cut me apart too early and then uh, too little too late on it. Danny's very good on the attack, to be honest. He's very efficient. It's just when he turns the ball over, it, it, it yeah, it's like a, a 9-0 gubbing like Southampton. But anyways, um, yeah. If you guys don't have anything else, I guess we can wrap things up. Danny, do you have anything? Um, it's a bit awkward because it's a Saturday night. I don't know if you want to shout to whoever's top of the fantasy league right now. I don't know. It's not I wouldn't even know, to be honest, because it's probably still updated. Oh, you've quit You've quit this year anyway. I get it. No, no, no. I am. Hey, no, no. I'm not you. You'll quit after like a month. So Dude, I literally won the Euros, okay? I literally won the whole thing. Oh, okay. Euros. You won one thing, and now you think you're Billy Big Time. Okay. Out of, out of, out of all the Holtcast listenership that, that, that signed all up. All three of us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a, I, I don't know if you guys have um, have any decent names. Like, What names did you go for this year? Because I've, I've, I've managed to stick with the theme of, of, uh, of rock bands or alternative rock bands. So who'd you go for? So my Euros team was Pjanic at the Isco, but like 
obviously Pjanic and Isco are both kind of irrelevant at the moment. So I've gone with Tame Dybala now. Nice, nice. Okay. Tom, how about you? Uh, I've gone with, uh, what is mine? Uh, I think mine's vowels and consonants. Oh, that's so good. like Ezra Concert. It's not great, is it? But Yeah. It's good. Well, it's not bad. Last year, mine was McGinn and Tomic, Tonic, just because I wanted to rob the most obvious thing. Uh, this year, it's just in Martinez we trust. Um, yeah, because I love Emmy Martinez. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Simple gets the message across. Yeah. I, sh- Someone... I should have put it as uh, Martinez 17 clean sheets or something like that. But, you know, don't want to jinx them. Cool. We should do an award for the best uh, for the best team name inside that league, you know. Yeah, actually, you know what? If you're a listener and you've gotten this far, I don't know how you've gotten this far, to be honest. But nonetheless, hope you're enjoying. Um, if you're still around, tweet us at 7500 Holt. Let us know your name or the best one you've ever heard. Would be interested to see or email um, Holtcast at gmail.com. But uh, guys, let's let's wrap it up there. I'm sure we've been going on for more than long enough. Um, thank you very much, Danny, and to Tom for joining me this evening. Of course, you guys are going to hear this early on the Sunday. I uh, figured it, I would get that out before I leave on my holiday and still have uh, internet to actually use. So nonetheless, hopefully you guys enjoy that. We'll be back uh, just after the Newcastle result, probably midweek in between that and the Brentford game. We're going to break down that a little bit late and then kind of get it ahead and the preview the Brentford game and just see where we are there. Um, I guess technically at the next time you hear from us, we could just be in absolute turmoil or we could be happy after a six nil Newcastle win. it's Villa. You never know what's going to happen. But anyways, guys, if you want to find these guys on Twitter, all the links are below tweet the team at 7,500 to Holt. Of course, like I said before, email the podcast Holtcast at gmail.com. We'll leave it there. And without further ado, up the Villa. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.